Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. As dentists, we're fortunate enough to have a well above average earning capacity, but managing wealth and personal finance is something most people are not taught through conventional education. Investing, budgeting, and tax planning are foreign to many of us. What's up, guys? It's Graham here from Dental Head Start, and in this episode, Chittam speaks with a successful and experienced practice owner, Dr. Cal. He shares with us some key insights into managing personal finances and wealth across the different stages of our career. As we get closer to graduating or are within the first few years of practice, it's important to think about what you want for yourself. For those of you who aren't so money savvy, you'll hear many pearls in this episode around investing, money management, and long-term goal setting. Let's let Dr. Cal get stuck into it. Enjoy. I, I, I'm always really grateful to my parents because they, they helped me a lot out during university. I, I had a lot of my stuff paid for. Um, it meant I could just concentrate on my studies. I passed, flew through university. But then I hit the problem that when I graduated, I suddenly got a lot of money and I didn't know what I was doing with it. And looking back now, when I've now got a family, I've now got multiple businesses, all this sort of stuff, I, I really wish that I'd managed my money better. Yeah, um, I'm just, I've just got a picture of you in my head to having graduated and you have cash in your hand and you're just making it rain. <laughs> is that, I was, is that what happened? I was pretty. I was a. I was a pretty efficient associate. I wasn't exactly the world's quickest, but I was efficient. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so when I first graduated, you know, I wanted to go traveling back pre-COVID. Um, I wanted a nice car, so pretty much one of the first things I did was I bought a brand new BMW. And what I didn't realize at the time was what percentage of my wage was actually going towards paying these things off. And, you know, there's a quite a few different finance resources available. And I'm, I'm by no means a financial advisor and definitely do your own research with all of this stuff. But definitely the things that I wish that I knew um, would be for a start is manage your money right off the bat. And like the way I have it set up is the, the book that actually made me start doing this was The Barefoot Investor. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah, I think it's always number one when I go to the airport. <laughs> the reason it's number one is because it is, it's a very simple book. And it's, it's not all relevant to us as dentists uh, because we are high earners. And that gives us a few little tweaks and things we can do, particularly if we're on an SFA contract. Um, but there is a lot relevant. Like, for example, I'll ask you a question straight off the bat. Superannuation. What do you know about superannuation? Oh, is that how you pronounce it? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really think about it that much. I think my first job, I was technically an employee, so I got a bunch of it and I can't even tell you the name of my super fund. Okay, don't use me as an example. What's the point you're trying to make? <laughs> tell me. <laughs> so a lot of people have superannuation, for example, and they're in exactly the same position as you. They had it set up maybe when they, they were a teenager and they had a job. They don't know how much is in it. They don't know how much coming out fee-wise. But then this is what's going to be paying you and giving you money to live when you retire. And so, you know, things you need to look at, just a very simple point, are 
make sure you get one that's got low fees because otherwise that will eat up all of the money you have. And two is make sure you've got one that gets good returns. Um, also, while you're young, you need, need to think about what your kind of strategy or risk profile is. And I generally recommend if you are young, go for a higher risk, higher investment strategy um, because you may lose more, but over the long term, you'll earn more. Yeah. And so just download the app for your super fund and see what you've got. Yeah. So how do you go about comparing super funds and fees and which so, returns? Like I wouldn't even know how to go about comparing my options. You can contact your super fund and they'll usually have like a, a PDS and they'll be able to tell you all the fees. Um, or there's a government website that lets you compare your super. Um, or there's Money Magazine. Those are all really good resources. Okay. Uh, you're, you're actually so right to talk about this because when you first graduate and you start earning money – we are fortunate to be in a, a to have high higher than average incomes, but it can almost amplify mistakes you might be making. I think that's very very true. Uh, and again, you know, like I said, with my BMW, don't get me wrong, I loved it, <laughs> I loved it dearly. I miss it so much. Now I've got a car with car seats, but <laughs> um, it's one of those where if I had my time again. Um, I, I love compounding interest. I love the fact that I can put money into stocks, I can put money into the bank, and the money that I earn through interest I can put back in and I earn even more on that. And so if I you know, had my time again, I probably would have bought something not so flashy, just something relatively straightforward, and that extra money I would have started investing it from a young age. Okay. Um, that makes sense. I guess time matters more than any other factor here so the earlier you do it and start compounding interest means you're going to just be in a better position without any effort basically it's that time of year again before june 30 we have to renew our indemnity insurance and when i look for an insurer i'm looking for someone who's going to be there when i need their help they're going to act fast and they're going to be by my side so i can practice with confidence i get all of that from dental protection limited What I love about them is that they're more than just an insurer. They're actually here to help us, to give us content and support us with medical legal situations and most importantly, help us avoid these situations. The content they produce is the best content out there from an insurer like them. Renewal notices are out in May. To make sure you get all of these added benefits, sign up by June 30. I can say from personal experience, when you need help, you'll be glad you're with Dental Protection Limited. Thank you, Dental Protection Limited, for supporting me in my career and the Dental Head Start podcast. In terms of managing your wealth or or trying to get organized, what other advice do you have for young and recent grads? Well, first thing is work out how much you're earning and work out what your expenses are. And the key and most important thing is uh, spend less than you earn. You always need to have some money left over at the end of the month. And if you are spending uh, a lot, then you need to work out where that money is going. Um, I put all my personal stuff through zero. Uh, I find that really easy, but you can just look at your, your statements and write it into a spreadsheet and see where you're spending the money and see where you can cut down. You know, it may be something as simple as your mobile phone plan. Uh, it might be that you can get, if you've paid your phone off, you can get a really cheap plan that's half the price. 
and that saves you a couple of hundred bucks a year, which doesn't sound like a lot, but particularly as a new grad, and particularly as time goes on, that extra bit of money you've got you can use for something else like one of your CPD courses. Yes, yes, absolutely. So when you did your um, spreadsheet, by the way, I use Pocketbook for mine because I find that's really easy because you just sort of label or title a few of your expenses and it uses sort of all its smarts to figure out where your money's going so it knows when you've had takeaway or coffee or um, Ubers or cabs and stuff. And I have to say there was a couple of surprises in there for me. One of them was the amount I spend on takeaway because I, I, I don't really do a lot of cooking and I, I pretty much have takeaway for everything, especially now with COVID. It's like absurdly high, um, I, I won't say. But the other thing that was surprising for me, and sorry to hijack your um, advice, I really want to hear it, but I don't. I actually don't have a car of my own at all and I, I never have. And I live pretty close to work and I I feel so guilty for saying this, but I get an Uber to and from work every single day and I have an Uber pass and I worked out that I'd only spent four grand a a year on all my Uber travel. I use Uber to get everywhere. And four grand to me is like, you know what? I never paid for parking. I didn't pay for insurance. I didn't pay for registration. I didn't pay for um, tolls. I didn't actually pay for a car loan repayments. Um, to me, it's worth it, and I've got the convenience of being able to go anywhere, and I never have to be designated driver, which is a bonus. But that was to me. I'm like, I feel like this is, was a smart move. But what? Um, any surprises on your end where you were like, oh god, what have I done here? <laughs> yeah, almost exactly the same. Actually, um, we don't spend too much on uh, on takeout, but we spend a lot on cafes and coffees and lunches and stuff like that and you don't realize you know there's always a running joke about you know millennials and uh avo smashed avo bread smashed avo on toast yeah yeah. (laughs) but the way the way to look at your finances is if you're saving somewhere else then you can afford to splurge on the smashed avo and yeah the things that give you joy yeah because you've got to you've got to spend money on things you enjoy it's just a a, a way to have an, a control of it and so you know i really like the barefoot investor way of managing money where he says to just have some pots so his are spend save and splurge and you basically just split your money up into those three and that way splurge is i can guilt free if i wanted to do something crazy right now if we weren't in covid lockdown i could just literally go and do it because i've got the money sitting in the pot and that works. I think it's a great way to look at managing your money. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think that there's a lot of debt, um, unnecessary debt, even for high high earners? I think there definitely is. I think with high earners, I think a lot of people, uh, dependent on what stage you're at, will be looking at houses, will be looking at cars. There'll be people looking at investment properties and things, and they haven't done the math. Like, for example, the interest rate at the moment is really, really low. And it will stay low, I think, for a couple of years, but it will go up. And so I think people need to have a plan so that if the interest rate goes up, can they still afford the house? Because you don't want to be buying an expensive house, then you can't afford it further on down the line. And so those are kind of, I think, as you as you earn more, you spend more on the nicer things, such as watches and cars and houses. Wouldn't you agree? Um, I'm the worst person to ask for this, but I accept that that's the, the common thing. Uh, my dental assistant cut my hair last week, so I'm not the right person to ask this. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's just one of those things. I think um, it goes at lifestyle. I think certainly with with the younger grads, I think because they see kind of older dentists on Instagram who are flashing Porsches and expensive watches and nice whiskies, they feel that that's the model they have to copy. And my worry would be by not managing their money while they're young, they get into a lot of debt when they're young that they just can't recover from. Yeah. Yeah. What if you were fortunate enough to um, be able to accrue a little bit of wealth or savings? How would you divide your investment options? That's a really good question. Um, I think it depends on what your goals are and what your risk profile is. So the the stock market, for example, although it, it does go up and down and people are scared of it dropping and all that sort of stuff, it shows over the long term you will earn more money on that. But the way I always put it is you shouldn't invest money in the stock market that you're not prepared to lose. Um, and so if you were, for example, saving for a house, you wouldn't be putting all your money into a stock market. You probably would go for some sort of safe savings account um, and just put the money in that. Um, if you aren't saving for a house or you've got a slightly higher risk profile, then I definitely would be going for exchange-traded funds or Vanguard or something like that, where they invest in multiple different shares. It keeps you safe, and you can literally just put a bit of money in every month or put in a lot of money every three months. And over the long term, you'll, you'll earn money. Basically, you'll typically be getting about 10% of your money back. And that, if you're looking at it from a clever point of view, that's money you can spend on your car or on your CPD courses or any of that sort of thing. And they've even made it even easier now. Uh, a lot of the uh, companies have apps like Com, Com, Comsec Pocket and things like that um, where you can just literally off your phone. You can just invest through that. And so that's quite easy for a lot of people as well. Mm-hmm. So is, is the downside of that just that the return is a bit lower? The downside of that is a return potentially a bit lower. Um, and if you need the money quickly, uh, if you pull it out uh, when the market's dipped, you might lose potentially some money versus if you just had it in a savings account. Yeah. And how, how much for a novice investor? How much know-how do you need to get involved in in that? Very little. It's actually really simple. Um, you just need to pick what platform you're going to use. Um, and the, the, the main ones are Southwealth or Comsec. Um, and they're easy to set up. And you just need to link them to a bank account. And then if you want to play it safe, you just pick an exchange trade fund. Um, there are loads of those around. Um, Barefoot Investor mentions a couple. You can also go with Vanguard as well. They've got a direct, you can directly go through them. And if you go for one of those, typically you, you're pretty safe. Okay, not, and, it's, it's, and it's very liquid. You can take your money out straight away? Yeah, you can. Well, you can usually get it out within 24 hours. Um, the question is, is dependent on how the market's doing, you might lose some money. So that's the only thing. If you put money in, ideally, you just want to keep putting in and you want to, want to do it over the long term like a – a good podcast that talks about this is the De- Dev Raga uh, personal finance podcast. Uh, and he always talks about paying yourself first. And one of the things about paying yourself first is when you get your paycheck, you uh, pay all your bills and then you have your money to invest as well. And you make it so that it's an automatic thing. So what I do, for example, is because I'm a bit crazy and I've got all these 500 different accounts, 
Um, you know, I've got one for my CPD. I've got one for my mortgage. I've got one for the cars. I've got one for Christmas and holidays. And I just put a certain amount of money in every month. And literally the 10th day or whatever Friday it falls on, which is my admin day, uh, if each month I will routinely just sit in front of the computer and I will copy all those things across. Okay. Wow. Sounds like you have a very systematic approach to this. As dentists and dental students, we all have difficult days. You may experience workplace or training demands that have a direct impact on your physical, emotional, and psychological health and well-being. This is exactly what dental practitioner support is for. It's a completely confidential and independently run service that's funded by the Dental Board of Australia in an effort to support practitioners and dental students right across the country. Sometimes people call just at the end of a long day to debrief, but sometimes they call because there's more challenging things going on. Dental practitioner support is there for you in these times to give proactive advice, help you improve your health and well-being before there are major concerns. We all need a helping hand sometimes and it's okay to ask for help. So if you find you need it, call 1-800-377-700 or visit the website dpsupport.org.au. They have loads of great information to get you started. So we've talked about investing in stocks and the different kinds of ways we can do that. What about investing in property? Because that, at least in the last 10, 20 years in Sydney and Melbourne, has been the most popular um, uh, way to invest money. But what are your thoughts on that? I think investing in property um, is a great investment vehicle. Um, It's pretty safe uh, because certainly if you're in Melbourne and Sydney, you know that you're going to earn money almost definitely unless you're picking a really bad suburb, terrible house, you usually are going to earn money like the house that we're in at the moment. Uh, we bought about eight years ago and we've almost doubled our money. Um, and there's very few other ways in such a short time frame to earn that much money that quickly. Because uh, the other thing as well is, you know, it gives you options because you can take money out, you can refinance, you can take money out of the house. And again, you can use that to, to use other things. You can use it to pay down debt. You can use it to invest in shares. So it actually gives you quite a lot of options. The, the main drawback of buying a property or a house, I think, is one is you need cash in the bank. And the best way to do that is to have good savings habits um, and good money management right off the bat. Um, and I think the other thing is the fees involved with buying a house, uh, stamp duty, um, solicitors, conveyancing, pest inspection, building inspection, it all adds up. And I think by the time everything is said and done, I think you could have spent that money in the stock market, uh, and you would have earned comparatively a lot more money. And so for me, I think investment, uh, having, Property and or investment properties is really good, um, but you'd want it as part of a kind of diversified investment. So you'd want some stocks, you'd want some savings, you'd want investment property as well. And people, you know, instead of having being having super with like uh, a super fund, like an industry super fund, they might have a self-managed uh, super and they might buy the investment property through that. Right. Um So is there, like for a young dentist, is there a golden ratio 
I don't know if you can even answer this, is there a golden ratio for how we should be aiming to divide our investments or our assets? I think the main thing is is that it is diversified, <laughs> you know, because uh, to do all of these these things, you're, you've got to kind of have the money in the bank to, to be able to make it work for you. And the more money you have, the more you can make it work, and then the more money you have, if that makes sense. And you want to be planning so that you're going for long term, so that even if there are up and down dips, overall, you want everything to be growing. And that way, by the time you get to retirement, you've got income producing assets. And, you know, um, there's a good book, Richard Pordad, and he talks about the way you look at your assets uh, and your debts. And he doesn't see a house as being an asset because it doesn't earn you any income. He only wants things that are assets as things that actually earn you income. And I thought that's a very good way to look at it, you know, particularly when you're talking about investment properties, um, that you want things that are going to generate you income or be earning you cash so that while you're sleeping, you're earning money. Yeah, makes absolute sense. Last question, where does this all lead to? If we're successful enough with our investment portfolios, what does the money, what ultimately does it mean for, for you? Yeah, the main thing it will give, give you is time time it frees you up because there'll be less pressure to work particularly if you've got a family for example um or if you really enjoy your cpd you want to be the best implant dentist in the world you can take half the year off you can be traveling you know covid dependent uh, all around the world you can do the best courses with the best people uh if you wanted to do composite you could go all around the world you know and you can you can be the best. If you can't be bothered and you find that you are getting bored of dentistry, you can cut down or you're kind of stressed out and you're a bit burned out. You could cut down to just one one or two days of dentistry and you could spend the other two or three days playing golf or spending time with your friends or going for a walk. You know, all the stuff that you enjoy instead of having to be on the treadmill. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.